This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Cruise Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the on air. air. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin Control. because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. And hello and welcome to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We are here once again, as we always are, Les Jackson at the wheel. Well, again, not at the wheel of the Cruise Control van. It's yeah. it's parked uh, for the duration. And Fred Staub is in the other desk there. Yeah, we're taking, um, taking around the world uh, of automotive uh, news that and is information correct. virtually. Yeah. Yep. That is that is also correct, and the world is just expanding constantly. Yeah, it, there's no shortage less of new of new Not models. I mean, Not at all. we've got another one here this week from BMW. BMW reveals its new four series, and it's got a face they hope BMW buyers will love: the controversial yes. large kidney edition. I. Uh... Well, we'll talk about that. But, but, I hope you have your seatbelt fastened. The Ford Bronco reveal. We actually have a date for it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, we haven't talked about Tesla in a while, but why not? Tesla has a peeling paint problem. Hmm. Again, every one of the threes I see locally, and there are a lot of them, uh, the paint is terrible quality. Yeah. It's just, I haven't seen it peeling, but it's, it's just lousy looking paint. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, what vehicle is, is, is a hit with the millennial generation? Yeah, big hit. We'll tell you which one it is. And it's, it's a really affordable vehicle. It's one maybe you should check out if you're looking for a vehicle. And it's 20000 in 2020 for the C8 Corvette. We'll tell you about their production mm. and getting back into it. Yeah. Uh, well, that's overdue and certainly welcome to come. And the price of safety. Are some automakers packaging proven safety features with premium add-ons? Uh, obviously, a few are, and it's not. I just don't think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to have Consumer Reports policy analyst Ethan Douglas. He's going to join us with the results of a very recent study, a lot of uh, a lot of information. It's like 16 pages long. Ethan's going to take yeah, us right. through it. And if you're buying a vehicle, uh, it's really good information to know because the new safety features are really amazing, and you want to get into them. So, and a vehicle, absolutely. Would... Yep. Uh, oh. And those are the right guys to do it. They've got a great history of sorting this stuff out. All that and a whole lot more when we get rolling on this edition of Cruise Control Radio. That's uh, the show you've dialed into, Cruise Control Radio. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com, where you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. It's all there, CruiseControlRadio.com. A lot of people uh, scratching their heads about this, uh, this uh, grill in the BMW. It reminds me of the bangle butt. Remember the bangle butt? Yep. Where the that was not that was not a big seller. That was a Chris Bangle design for the back of the BMW that kind yeah. of bulged it out. But we'll talk about this design of the four series when we come back on Cruise Control Radio. So stay tuned. 
Listen to the live feed of Cruise Control Radio every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com to find out how to do it. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. Lesson Fred here. We are going to talk about styling. Because, as we know, I am Mr. Style. <laughs> you, everyone says you're a sharp-dressed man, Les. First thing on everyone's mind. Um, actually, probably isn't quite that phrase. But anyway, we're with the new BMW 4 Series Second has gen. come out with um, what many people are calling a controversial face. Uh, face. And... Uh, I agree with that. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, I have a few phrases for it well, uh, myself. It is uh, the giant kidney edition. I mean, it is the kidney shaped grill, but now it extends well below the bumper all the way back, basically yeah. to the bottom of the fascia, the bottom of the front of the vehicle. <laughs> Now, this is a trend in the industry. An awful lot of manufacturers are having these big, gaping grills. I don't quite get it myself. Didn't Audi start that trend? Uh, I think well, so. I thought it was Lexus that started it. I, I think it Audi started Audi. it, and then Lexus did what they call the fish mouth grill, which has kind of yeah. moved over to um, certain Toyotas as well. Uh, and now BMW is doing it. This is going to be an exclusive look for the 4 Series. Now, remember, the 4 Series, it used to, you used to have the 3 Series, and you could get it in a coupe, a convertible, or right. a 4-door sedan. Then they moved the uh, 4 Series, the 2-door versions, into their own series. The 4 Series, 3 Series is just the 4-door uh, sedan. Uh, this is the second generation of it. Uh, it has an MSRP starting at forty five thousand six hundred for the four thirty i coupe, forty seven thousand for uh, forty seven thousand six hundred for the four thirty i X Drive coupe, and fifty eight thousand five hundred for the M four forty i X Drive coupe. Those uh, prices do not include the nine hundred ninety five dollar destination charge, and. Uh, it is longer, 2.2 inches longer and 1 inch wider and 2.2 inches lower than the 330i. Uh, and it's got a 1 inch wider rear track. And I will say, uh, I like the roof line. I like the side view. Yeah. It's a handsome look. Yeah, it's a, it's a handsome um, look, but... Here's the problem. Yeah. They, they're they showing these pictures with the uh, European license plate, and it goes right right in the center where the bumper would be. It it really ruins the look of the vehicle if you have a uh, license plate on the front, doesn't it? Well, it does, but uh, my my view of the uh, of the restyling is that they pretty much already ruined the look of the front of the car. <laughs> Um, I, I just, it, to me, it just looks out of proportion. Okay. It, it just looks too, too big for it. It's like, uh, there were drawings <laughs> where the people drew them with like, like the, where the grill was the whole front of the vehicle or, right. or it extended back to the, 
um, it extended back to the uh, a windshield. You know, they overemphasized it. But uh, let's talk about the power plants. Um, power plants for the 430i and 430i X-Drive are the uh, B46 2.0 liter four-cylinder twin power turbocharged engine, 255 horsepower, uh, which is an increase of seven horsepower over the outgoing model, and 294 pound-feet of torque, which is an increase of 36 pound-feet pounds feats of torque. That's, that's right. Uh, and you get a zero to 60 time of 5.5 seconds, 5.3 seconds for the X-Drive Coupe. Yep. These are big, pretty heavy cars, so that's quite an impressive acceleration. If you want more, the M440i uh, gets the B50A engine, which is the traditional three-liter in Line six-cylinder twin-power turbocharged engine, 382 horsepower, 369 pound-feet of torque. By the way, that 382 is an increase of 62 horsepower. Uh, and that That's that good. Was zero to 60 in 4.3 seconds. Uh, that's... Now, again, that's, that's a lot of power for everyday driving and... and uh, I'm sure a lot of expense. Now the the M series will get a 48 volt mild hybrid system too that is going to help with MPG with auto start stop function. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this Ford series when we come back. We're also going to tell you when the Ford Bronco will be revealed and we'll peel some paint with Tesla. So stay tuned to Cruise Control Radio with Fred Staub and Les Jackson. We'll be right back. For the latest updates on Cruise Control, follow us on Twitter at Cruise Control Rad. That's C-R-U-I-S-E-C-T-R-L-R-A-D. Cruise Control Rad. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. Fred Staub, Les Jackson, we are on it for you with the latest automotive news. We are talking a little bit about the BMW 4 Series. We'll talk a lot more about that in the future, I'm sure, on Cruise Control Radio. Give you an idea of the power levels, though, and the pricing and, uh, and all that type of thing. Uh, Les had a good question. They were trying to do a subscription basis to Apple CarPlay, which I'm driving now a great car, Toyota Corolla, that it's all included with it. You know, so like nobody charges yeah. for that. There's no. It's funny though, but the premium cars tend to charge for it. I find which is that, interesting. I find that weird that because it is weird how it's positioned is. <clears throat> Now you have the base car that doesn't have it, and most cars. Then you have the next step up, a car that's well-equipped that does have Apple CarPlay and Android Auto, uh, which is a nice midline. And then you would go to the next step that would have a dedicated navigation system. You know, that's kind right. of how right. it's shaking out in the automotive industry. So, you know, it's seen as a mid-level type of option, and to charge for it at a a premium is interesting, you know, but I think that's going to change. I think there was some pushback on that. And it, the problem came with uh, the Toyota, Toyota Supra. Remember being the Z4, I think they were trying, 
since it really is a BMW co-developed product, I think they were trying to charge for it in the Supra. But actually, our guest might know about this, Ethan Douglas, who is a consumer reporter. He may not. Yeah, he may. Yeah. So uh, one thing we've been talking about is the return of the Ford Bronco. Now, apparently, there is a date for it uh, in July 2020. This thing was going to be revealed at the New York Auto Show. And just like uh, we had some discussion of the uh, Acura, new Acura product last week that was supposed to be revealed at the New York Auto Show, it's going to be a virtual reveal. Uh, And uh, I think this is going to be... this is going to be the new way to go. But, I mean, we uh, we have seen the Ford Bronco and the Ford Bronco Sport spy photos, power, powertrain speculation. There was a video of it driving around off-road. Um, and they just have to get this thing revealed, wouldn't you say? It's it, Yeah, I mean, they realize that um, if they delay this much more, that— they're going to have people lose interest and that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah. I, you know, virtual reveals are fine for one thing, but you can't get a tactile feel of the thing. You can't tell if the interior, it may look good, but you can't tell if it's the good materials and what your real, uh, uh, you know, feel is when you walk into it. Right. Right. Although I think, that will be the future for a while, but uh, I think you're right. Hey, um, you know, we talk about Tesla a lot here. Uh, hopefully our listeners don't think we fall into the hater category. We just want you to get a good deal when you buy something and bad yeah. paint to me, bad paint was an issue in the seventies in the automotive industry. It was especially it was. silver paint. That was a big problem. I remember a friend had bought a mercury and he had it painted and it kept it kept literally the paint kept flaking off. You know, he what he yeah, did and- what he did is he had somebody he parked it in front of a dealership. It was the paint where uh, it went flat, the uh, silver, and got real dull. Right. And he parked in front of a Ford dealership. He had a friend go in, order a car, or talk about ordering a car. Then he had him walk out and talk to him and look at the paint and walk in and cancel the. Oh, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> it was it was like, you know, they had actors doing it and they're like, oh, the guy would scratch his head and say, yeah, I don't want that. So um, so he eventually got it painted, I believe. And sadly, I think somebody a few days later keyed the side of his car. Uh, you know, and the other thing was uh, the first uh, base coat clear coats in the late 70s and mid 80s. And a lot of the clear coats were peeling off well looks like uh, tesla has brought that back hmm. because well, golden oldie golden oldie they've they've had problems early model threes with poor interior stitching exterior panel gaps now uh they're uh, according to car complaints a model three owner in canada has experienced issues with the car's exterior paint uh, a guy named Jean-Francois Bellarose claims his black 2019 Model 3 suffers from peeling paint on the bottoms of the doors and body after less than a year of ownership. Hmm. Uh, So he's saying uh, that repainting the vehicle would cost about $5,000 in Canadian dollars. And 
they really, uh, you know, Tesla has not responded to the lawsuit yet, but there's a picture of this guy's, I guess it's someone else's Tesla because it's a white Tesla in the picture. And man, it looks like the paint has been uh, just flaking away. Doesn't it, it sure does. And, and as I've told you um, before, the, 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 uh, the Model 3s around this area, I, I notice almost all of them, the paint quality, the, the, the shine and the depth of, of finish just, just doesn't look very good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Not a, not a fan of that. But apparently millennials are fans of uh, the Hyundai Venue, which is the smallest and most affordable crossover built by Hyundai. It has a starting price of $17,350, including complimentary maintenance. As you know, a great warranty. And they are selling well with millennials. Uh, it has, uh, it comes, they come with uh, the Smart Sense suite of assets. Uh, including uh, standard safety tech for collision avoidance assist with pedestrian detection, lane keeping and driver attention warning, electronic stability control, vehicle stability management with traction, front and side head air curtains, blind spot avoidance. They come with all of these things. And uh, they have been doing very well as a, a good value with all the safety features. So good for Hyundai, right? Well, yes, and and this shows that the millennials in general are looking for for bargains that offer a lot of value, and and there's a lot of them out there now. They're really are. They're a huge uh, market out there with that stuff. But you know, obviously, Hyundai and Kia uh, have typically given more car for the money. Yep, and then uh, interesting, and then moving along quickly. Uh, to this story, remember they said Chevy's, uh, they were going to stop production of the 2020 Chevy Corvette. Of course, they had the COVID virus. They had a strike. But um, they are going to, they confirmed they build about 2,700 units of the 2020 Corvette between um, February 3rd when the model entered production and March 20th when it had to shut down to fight the coronavirus, the plant. But Harlan Charles said they, uh, we know Harlan very well. Said He's they, a good friend of ours. Chevrolet will build about 20,181 cars for the 2020 model year. Uh, and uh, that will include the cars built in February and March. So uh, it's going to be about average production for the Corvette, right? Maybe Pretty slightly close, less, yeah. but uh, about average. Uh so um, they have received orders for 16,750 coupes and 3,431 convertibles. Hmm. Most are selecting the 3LT trim, regardless of body style. So um, that being the case, I would assume you're not going to get a deal on any of them. No, I don't think so. Um, even though in 2021, the, the base price will remain 59995 Most people are, are spending much more. And they've already made uh, some different uh, changes to the vehicle for 2021. Magnetic uh, suspension will be available on cars uh, as a standalone option, and there'll be some new colors as well. 
Hey, if you're thinking about buying a car, safety should be key on your mind. When we come back, Ethan Douglas from Consumer Reports will be with us to tell us about a brand new study that talks about manufacturers packaging safety gear with high price premium. So, important information. Ethan will join us after the break, so stay tuned to Cruise Control Radio. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. Welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. The other guy you will hear is Les Jackson, my co-host, longtime co-host, Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, check out the YouTube page, the podcast, and more. And you know, here at Cruise Control, we're always trying to bring you information. If you're out shopping for a vehicle, or maybe if you haven't even got that far yet, you're thinking about, what do I want to get? And we're trying to give you as much information as possible. Of course, that's what Consumer Reports does about... Well, not just cars, virtually everything, but we're talking about cars today. They've just done an interesting study, and it's a beefy study. It's like 16 pages long, where they break down manufacturers that may be packaging safety uh, items, uh, such as adaptive cruise control and and, uh, emergency braking, but they package it with high-end things, like, let's say, a glass moonroof or something like that. And... um, Ethan Douglas, who is Consumer Reports Policy Analyst, is kind of going to break this study down for us. Ethan, welcome to Cruise Control Radio. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us about this report. Uh, I mean, yeah. let's start uh, st- start up high and then get down into the nitty-gritty of it. I mean, what have you found? Mm-hmm. So what we did is we took it the 15 most popular-selling vehicle models in the U.S., and these were all, you know, motor year 2020 models. And we wanted to look at, you know, how much are consumers being asked to pay above just the, the base price of the base vehicle model if they want safety features like automatic emergency braking with pedestrian detection. So that's, you know, a, a system that detects a pedestrian in front of the vehicle or another car in front of the vehicle and helps slow down the vehicle to prevent a crash. Right. As well as blind spot warning, which, you know, as the name implies, warns drivers if a vehicle is in their blind spot or approaching their blind spot. And we found some pretty surprising things. So we found that, you know, on average, consumers might have to pay up to over two grand to get those features on their vehicle. Right. Um, and in some cases, up to 12 grand uh, just to get blind spot warning wow. on their car. So, you know, it's pretty, pretty surprising findings to us. These features um, can be quite expensive for consumers to get their hands on. So they would have to buy basically stuff like a glass roof and uh, maybe a nicer stereo system just to get the safety features. Exactly, yeah. So, the, you know, the most expensive example was with the, the Ford F-150. Okay. And so to get blind spot warning on the Ford F-150, you know, you start with the base trim level of, of the car, and you have to upgrade to the XLT Mm-hmm. in order to have the option of blind spot warning. So already right there, you're having to purchase carpet floors, an entertainment system, you know, chrome bumpers. But you still can't get blind spot warning on the car. Right. Then you need to upgrade the cab to a super cab, so you have that back row now. That, you know, adds additional costs. 
and then you have to buy a luxury package on top of that. So then you're talking about the premium stereo system, remote start, 10-way adjustable seats. So all those features kind of add up, and they're all necessary just to get the blind spot warning safety feature that you might want with just all the base features on the car, but you don't have that option. So this could be critical for like a uh, uh, a fleet-type situation where they want to build a basic work truck with the safety features, but they can't because they have to get the bigger cab, they have to get... Uh, you know, the chrome bumpers, things like that, that they might not want in a fleet. Exactly, yeah. And, and you know, we at Consumer Reports have, have said that we think these safety features should be standard across all trim levels on all these vehicles. We know they save lives. They're proven to work. Um, and they don't just protect the driver, but they protect everyone else on the roadway, too, especially the uh, pedestrian detection feature. And so, you know, we don't think consumers should have to make the choice between spending a few grand or, you know, over 10 grand to make themselves a little safer. Well, especially with blind spot warning, which is uh, extremely common on new vehicles. And people uh, really rely on it, especially in traffic, you know, here, as you are here in, uh, in D.C., when you're mm -hmm. on 395 or the Beltway or 95, uh, it's kind of nice to know that that somebody is in your blind spot, which, of course, they always are. Uh, and to have to <laughs> yeah. pay $12,000 for that, uh, I just think is wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we think so, too. And it certainly is. We, we do a lot of research on, on our consumers and our drivers, and we found that blind spot warning actually has the highest satisfaction rate of any of those kind of newer safety technologies. Right. But the 83% of the our drivers, our cons Consumer Reports members surveyed, we're highly satisfied with their blind spot warning feature. So people like this feature. It, it does work. It prevents crashes, um, and, and we think it should be standard. And, you know, how I kind of think about it is it's like if, you know, you had to pay extra money to get airbags on a vehicle. Right. You know, we all know airbags help. There, there's a reason they're standard because they help save lives. But there'd probably be people that wouldn't be able to afford or wouldn't choose to, to purchase those if they had to also get leather seats, premium stereo, you know, moonroofs. Uh, just to get those airbags. So just right. like airbags, we think these should come standard on cars. Yeah, and the problem with all of these things is, um, Ethan, is that they're basically invisible until you need them. So like mm -hmm. you say, if, hey, well, you know, you can get this, the moonroof, that's something you're going to look at all the time. Or, hey, you can get the infotainment system, that's something you're going to use all the time. These things are kind of in the background until you need them. And then when you need them, you really need them, and you're glad they're there. But, uh, you know, it, it's that's that also makes it a hard sell, and you don't really know if the vehicle has it or not. I mean, in a case of adaptive cruise control, you would eventually find that out. But on some of these things, you, you they're just there. They're sensors and things that are in the background. Yeah, and, it, and it's really confusing, even navigating the manufacturer websites and trying to figure out. Um, so even, even if you know what blind spot warning is and you want that feature, it can be really hard to figure out how to add it to the car and, you know, what kind of combination of trim level and, and luxury features you need just to have the option appear on the website. Um, and dealers can get confused by it too. So it's, it's definitely a, a confusing issue. Well, another uh, thing that you, this is, this is an extreme case. Uh, another one you found was pedestrian detection, uh, which is not uh widely known by an awful lot of consumers, but uh, we who test these things know about it. And, and it's a 
you know, it's it's going to be a very important safety feature. And you found that it was really expensive uh, if in the Chevy Silverado, right? Yeah, yeah, over over sixteen grand just to get a wow. Chevy Silverado. I mean, that's that my whole car that for was, that. I mean, absolutely shocking. Yeah, yeah. Well, who is doing a good job? Like, what comes to mind? For example, I'm driving a Toyota Corolla right now, and it has mm-hmm. their suite of, you know, it's not an expensive car. It's twenty five thousand dollars. It has their suite of uh safety features in there we just talked about um the hyundai uh venue that uh is sub twenty thousand dollars i don't know if it's standard on that but still inexpensive car that comes with a lot of these features um who else is doing a good job of making these things standard yeah i mean uh, the the two you mentioned definitely stand out toyota and hyundai uh, both have you know cheap options to get either standard or very affordable uh, safety features. Like, you know, one of the top selling models that I analyzed was the, the RAV4, the Toyota RAV4. Right. And there, it only costs an extra few hundred dollars, and you have the option of just adding the blind spot warning. They don't make you add the leather seats, the premium stereos, et cetera. They, they just let you add blind spot warning as an option, which um, is, is much better than having consumers have to pay those additional few grand. Um, Honda also does a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Typically, they do have you upgrade to the next trim level, uh, so they don't have it standard on the base trim level, but it's on their EX trim, mm-hmm. but that's it. It's just that one trim upgrade, um, and you don't have to jump through a lot of hoops after that. It comes standard on all the trims up above that. How about Nissan? Nissan has made a big deal about making a lot of these things standard, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. In fact, it's interesting. The reason Nissan isn't included uh, in my analysis, or at least the ones that I looked at the, the prices on, is because their top-selling model, the Nissan Rogue, comes with both features standard. So right. uh, the, there was no additional price needed there because Nissan has, has it standard. So, yeah, Nissan's definitely another good one there. Yeah, I mean, these are – when you're going out to buy a car or a SUV or whatever, these are things to look at. I mean, one of the other things I think Consumer Reports has gotten involved with, by the way, we're talking with Ethan Douglas, who's Consumer Reports uh, policy analyst, is these things are called all, they're branded in all different ways, and they do, sometimes they're the same and sometimes they're different, right, as far as what they do. Mm-hmm. That, that can We can get into this after the break, Ethan, but that can be confusing too. And couple that with the fact that, well, you might have to get all these other other things before you can get something like blind spot warning. It makes it very, very confusing. I think that's where your study is clearing things up. And we're going to talk more about the study after that. But as I think we talked about before a little bit, or maybe we were talking before, these things are critically important. I wouldn't buy a car without them, Les, if I was out for a new vehicle. Wouldn't either. Yeah, because they really work. They can really cut down on accidents, and it's important. When we come back, we're going to talk more with uh, Ethan Douglas from Consumer Reports about this great study. So stay tuned to Cruise Control Radio. More information if you're buying a car. We'll be right back. Cruise Control Radio goes live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. To listen, click the link on our homepage. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com. 
Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio. Fred Staub, Les Jackson with you, giving you information you can use if you're heading out to the showroom or virtually buying a car. Um, new or used, actually, but we're talking about safety features and how uh, Consumer Reports has brought out that a lot of times if you want to get something like blind spot warning or some of the other safety features out there, you have to buy a lot of other stuff that you may not need or really want, and it may cost you very big. Uh, Ethan Douglas is uh, Consumer Reports policy analyst. Let's uh, give a couple of more examples, Ethan, because I think this really brings it home. We talked about the costs on the F-150 and the Chevy Silverado to get blind spot warning. We said that uh, Hyundai's done a, a good job, uh, Nissan's done a good job, but give us some examples, a couple more examples of good and bad, if you can, from the report. Yeah, so another one that sticks out uh, in, the, in the wrong direction would be the Chevy Equinox. Mm-hmm. So that cost, I think, around five to six grand to get the, the blind spot warning feature from the base vehicle mm-hmm. model. Uh, and a lot of that came from, again, it, it, all, a lot of these that cost a lot of money to get the additional feature kind of follow a similar pattern in that you can't get them on the base trim level, so you have to upgrade your trim level, and that normally comes along with things like leather seats, chrome, chrome bumpers, and things like that, car, carpet flooring. And then you have to add some additional package that the manufacturers will either call a convenience package or a mm-hmm. luxury package. In the case of Chevy, they call it a, a convenience package. And those convenience packages just come with a lot of features that you might not want uh, just to add that safety feature. So it's something on the Equinox like remote start, heated driver and front passenger seats, a universal home remote, leather-wrapped steering wheel, dual-zone automatic climate control. So, you know, all these are, are nice to have, but it'd be a lot nicer if you could, A, not have to pay for the safety feature, or B, at a minimum, just pay for that safety feature and not be forced to add all those luxury features you might own on your car. So those are some of the features that make the, the Chevy Equinox go from a cost of around twenty four hundred to almost thirty grand just to get that blind spot warning. Oh, wow! Boy. Wow! Now, what do you think it costs to put the blind spot warning system in a vehicle, and why? And why do they package it like that? Yes, that's a good question. Um, I think there's a few things there. The, the cost of the technology doesn't seem to really be the issue. I mean, even just looking at our, our fifteen most popular vehicles, we see that the Rav Four was able to offer just blind spot warning for a little over $500 or almost almost $600, um, whereas all these other manufacturers and all these other vehicle models are making it a few grand. So it, it seems to less be about the cost of the technology and more just the way they're packaging the technology in that they're, they're only offering the technology with all those luxury features. Um, and, you know, from the consumer perspective, you really have to think about the total cost of ownership. Mm-hmm. For, you know, these technologies... They're not like leather seats. You know, they're going to help you and keep you safe and reduce the chance of you getting in an accident, which is going to reduce the chance of you having to spend more money on your car later and then decrease kind of the total cost of ownership of the car. So even if, you know, those technologies, if they were standard, might add a small bump to the cost of the car, they will likely decrease your total cost of ownership. Do they cut down on insurance? Have insurance companies got on board if you have a full safety suite? Blind spot monitoring, all the everything else, pedestrian safety. Do they have they started taking that into account? That's actually a really good question. Um, I'm not sure if they do. Uh, that's something I'll, I'll have to look into. Um, I haven't heard of, of them doing that yet. I yeah. mean, 
That would help. Um, but, but that would should. help. Uh, yeah, that would help. Yeah, but but what's yeah. the solution here? I mean, we talked a little bit about the break. I mean, groups like Consumer Reports, you know, rating, giving a good rating to a vehicle that that you know uh, allows you to get into these safety things, either standard or or relatively inexpensively. Groups mm-hmm. like the IIHS rating them well if they have this. I mean, that those are two great things to do. But what? you're talking about is a bill that would really set the timetable for manufacturers to basically make these things standard, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, the automakers have actually voluntarily agreed to have just automatic emergency braking standard on their vehicles by 2022. Um, And that's great, but A, it's voluntary. So, you know, there's no enforcement there if an auto manufacturer decides not to do it. Um, and, And B, it's a pretty long time frame. And so, there's a bill that's been introduced called the Surface Transportation Act, and basically what that would do is it would mandate all of these suite of safety technologies, so automatic emergency braking, blind spot warning, pedestrian detection, um, lane change, just things like that, and it would give manufacturers a timetable of when they'd have to equip it to their cars as standard across all trim lines. Mm-hmm. So consumers wouldn't have to pay uh, for this feature, any additional than, than just the cost of the vehicle. If they get the vehicle and it's new, they know they have the safety feature on their car, and they know they'd be safer. Yeah, yeah, that that's well, yeah, sounds I mean, that, good. That's, <laughs> and and you're right that it's not a blame thing with the manufacturers. It's but it's it's one of these business decisions that if it's not mandatory, uh, the incentive to do it kind of goes away and. And you can understand the business case where they, uh, they where they want to upsell from the base models because obviously you don't make profit at the base model level, but uh, you do need regulations. That's why NHTSA uh, is is there to uh, to in, you know to create these regulations and then enforce them. Yeah. So exactly, and yeah, I mean the way it, the way you look at it, you know, as, as consumer reports yeah, obviously. It, we're, we're for consumers, right? We're standing up for consumers. Yeah. And automakers have these awesome innovations. I mean, year after year, and, you know, they come up with seatbelts, airbags, electronic stability control. They come up with these great technologies. So let's just put them on all cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sure. come up with these awesome features that save lives. Um, so, yes, you know, the business practice you know, makes sense from their perspective, but it also makes a lot of sense to put these innovations to use and, and start saving lives. So how, how that's, do you that's dr- where we come at it from. How do you draw it all together? Like we said about the insurance industry could weigh in like, yeah, well, we'll give you some money off. And the cost, if every vehicle has this, it's not going to mean, well, every vehicle is going to cost $5,000 more, which probably opponents would say it. Obviously, if every vehicle is getting this equipment, you know, it's a lot more of it being made. The costs of the components will go down. Mm-hmm. And if you can get lower insurance rates, you know, it. I guess, how do you bring that all together to try to get people to say, you know, hey, well, let's get this stuff on and it can and can stop accidents, you know, and, and can reduce accidents and vehicle damage? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely is a lot of parts coming together. And, and one part that you know, we haven't really talked about yet is kind of consumer education. And that's mm-hmm. another thing, you know, we at Consumer Reports try to do. But if, if people don't know what these features are, they don't know to ask for them and they don't know to put them on their car or to, to try and equip them on their car. So, you know, the other aspect of that, along with, you know, 
hopefully mandating them, getting automakers to buy in, and then insurance companies is just getting consumers to understand that, you know, they'll be a lot safer with these features, what these features are. Uh, and in one way, Consumer Reports is directly trying to target that is with this initiative we've done with a few other organizations like AAA, J.D. Power, um, National Safety Council, and, and a few others, is try to come up with common naming for all yes. these technologies. So, boy, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're quite confusing. So, yeah, uh, every manufacturer has has a different name for for each of these technologies. So, we've tried to come up with a, a set of standard naming that can hopefully help consumers know what they're asking for and know what's on their vehicle. Yeah, even with adaptive cruise control, as we have to look at it very carefully when we get press vehicles because some will only work down to a certain speed, but some will completely stop the vehicle. That's right. You know, so. Some will only work, um, automatic braking will only work when the adaptive cruise control is turned on. Yeah. And uh, this and gets, you don't know. And this gets to people reading their owner's manual, which they don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Ethan, if uh, people want to get more information on this uh, report by Consumer Reports, where would they go? Yeah. So, there's uh, Consumer Report advocacy.consumerreports.org. It uh, features kind of a lot of our content that we put out on the advocacy side. I um, mean, if you search uh, a high price on safety is, is the name of the report, um, and you can find the, the full you know, 16-page report. Um, there's also a press release on our website, on that advocacy website, that details it um, a little more briefly if you don't want to dig deep into the details there. All right. Well, Ethan Douglas, Consumer Reports Policy Analyst, we appreciate you joining us on Cruise Control Radio. Time for me to say, I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control Radio is your on-air automotive magazine. Go to www.cruisecontrolradio.com for more information.